the Sports on Point Weekly Rewind, a week in review with Matt Smith and Bob Williams. Let's back it up. Yes, welcome to the Weekly Rewind. We figured it's been a good week. We might as well rewind. I am your host, Matthew Smith, joined on the line, as always, by the phenom, Bob Williams. Best $5 ever, putting a cone on a cat. A cone on a cat. One of those things where they can't scratch their own ears. Yeah. And then you just get to watch it, try to scratch your yes. ear. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the guy pressing the buttons, Mr. Bones, Bob Severns. Yes, we're going to try a new nickname. This week, I'm Bones. <laughs> so, I don't know why. I don't even remember. Oh, it was the predictive text on your phone. Yes, the predictive text seems to think that Bob's name is Bones, so why not roll with it, right? Well, let's get started. How about let's recap this past week? Now, on to This Week in Sports. This is a section where we cover the top shared stories on the internet from every day of the past week, and our host will give a short comment on each day. Starting off with Wednesday, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban pursuing plan to implement college football playoff system. This from ESPN Dallas. What do you think, Mr. Williams? Uh, I think this is a step in the right direction. Uh, if anything comes of it, who, who cares? Um, when you have a guy who has a lot of money who's willing to... Uh, I won't say lose, but throw a lot of money at it. It, it might be a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, Mark Cuban has definitely uh, made a name for himself by making large, assumptive leaps of faith. And uh, he, he has a tendency to do everything that he needs to do to make his leaps of faith successful. So if he's, uh, if he's making a full-force effort towards this playoff thing, he may end up being the most beloved person in college football as well as you know his superstardom status that he's reached in the NBA. I know we on Sports on Point will love him because we must have mentioned playoff system in college football ten times so far. So. Also on Wednesday, Arizona State Sun Devils to vacate all 44 baseball wins from 2007. Matt? Yeah, Arizona, is a, Arizona State is appealing this ruling, but I don't see how it could possibly help. They've had a total of nine infractions overall, and uh, they had one back in 2005. If you ask officials at the University of SMU or Southern Southern Methodist University what happened when they had two major infractions in less than five years, yeah, I don't think they're getting any leniency here. Yeah, this is another case where just technology is a little bit ahead of, uh, I won't say maybe the times, but uh, the the major allegation in this one is is how many actual phone calls these guys um, sent out to prospective players. You know, this stuff is so easily tracked. Why Why would you even, even tempt this at this point? I had an infraction myself in 2006. Oh, wait, that was an infarction. I had my heart attack. Infarction. Yes. One letter. Just switch the order. On Thursday, Danny Ainge says the Boston Celtics' Rajon Rondo out for weeks. This from ESPN Boston. Bob? I think it's early in the season and shouldn't be too big of a deal. Uh, hopefully they can keep him on the side to actually let him fully heal. But I think the other, probably the biggest thing is without him and without Delonte West, that throws Nate Robinson as your starting point guard with who to back him up. Yeah, well, I, I will say Robinson has done a pretty good job so far of filling in. But it's like you said, it, it, really, it really presents a depth problem for the Celtics. Um, Rondo's out. Delonte West is out. Uh, I, I think you're probably going to see some backup point guard play from Marquise Daniels, which is definitely not ideal because that's not his natural position. I need to stretch his imagination. 
Also on Thursday, Denver Broncos' Tim Tebow takes most snaps in practice as injured starter Kyle Orton sits out. Matt. Yeah, he did okay. He did all right in his first start this week. Um, looks like he's going to be starting next week as well. I don't know. The jury's kind of still out. He did have 78 yards rushing, but most of those came on a 40-yard 40 uh, 40-yard touchdown run, which he was supposed to hand the ball off. But uh, I, I think the jury's still out and will be for quite some time because uh, he's a quarterback in a team that's thinking run first and is already out of a playoff hunt. So uh, let's just say the reins will be a little bit tight on Mr. Tebow. Yeah, I know uh, coming into it, after I got off of work on Sunday, it was all about Tebow, Tebow, Tebow. Uh, the guy did have a you know amazing athletic play to score the 40-yard touchdown. But the biggest question with Tim Tebow, and it's always been with T- Tim Tebow, is is he an NFL quarterback? I don't think he proved anything in the first game that in, in that aspect. I didn't get to see anything. I forgot to Tebow, Tebow. No Tebow, Tebow? Nope. nope. On Friday, Washington Redskins to bench Donovan McNabb for Rex Grossman versus the Dallas Cowboys report, say. Bob? Okay, this is just strange. It seems to be some sort of tiff with uh, Donovan McNabb and and, uh, Shanahan there. Rex Grossman is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I know he maybe didn't have too many actual playmakers up in Chicago when he was there, but I don't know. This is just strange. Yeah, I can understand if you're Coach Shanahan not really believing that Donovan McNabb is your quarterback to lead your team into the future, but what I don't understand is the mistaken belief that Rex Grossman is a better alternative. It it, it seems a little bit silly to me. I know there's there's been some times in the past where uh, Mike Shanahan looked like a crazy old man when he was in uh, when he was in Denver trading away, you know, Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey, and 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 for the most part, it's panned out pretty well for him in the past. But uh, of all the crazy things he's done so far, I, I kind of think the way that this whole scenario is playing out in Washington is uh, taking the cake. Also on Friday, Miami Heat's Dwayne Wade could have seen LeBron James playing for New York Knicks. What do we think about this, Matt? Okay, I picked this. I picked this headline to cover on this show, um, not because I really thought it was a great story, but I think it points out the idiocy of the national media. I think that uh, people were really disappointed that they didn't get what they were hoping for out of LeBron's return to Cleveland. So we've got reporters in press conferences asking questions with the intention of hopefully getting the New York fans riled up about the the spurning of the Knicks to go to Miami Heat. He was never going to New York anyways. Give it up. Yeah, I agree. It, it seems some sort of story they're trying to postulate here. Uh, they knew he was going to Miami. Uh, if anything, I couldn't personally see him going to New York because he would have to be the man there. And it kind of proven in in his play that he doesn't want to be that type of guy on saturday orlando magic consider making a deal for gilbert arenas of the washington wizards bob well we know this deal went down they sent richard lewis up to uh, washington uh and then the orlando magic also sent vince carter mikhail peters and uh, marcin gortat out to phoenix for a hidu return uh, along with jason richardson I don't think this is a bad deal. Uh, it's funny that Otis Smith is, made this type of deal, considering he just dogged the Cleveland team uh, a few years ago who made the 
crazy in-season deal. So we'll see how this pans out. It, it could work out for the best in Washington because I think Jason Richardson is more productive than Vince Carter right now. And then uh, Hedu can probably put out what Richard Lewis was, which was pretty much slim to nothing. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. If you're an Orlando Magic fan, you've got to be somewhat excited about the fact that you just dealt away the player that you, you know, owed six hundred and I'm sorry, sixty six and a half million dollars over the next three seasons. But the problem is, in return, you got a player that you owe eighty million over the next four seasons. So it's kind of funny to see these horrendously bad contracts just being swapped back and forth. But um, I, I think this move makes a lot of sense. I think Arenas gives the Magic a lot more versatile score than what they've had in the past. It was pretty much low post or, or three points or, or nothing. And uh, Arenas gives them the ability to slash and score a little bit better. But uh, the benefit that Washington gets out of this is they get a guy who, although ridiculously overpaid, um, doesn't play the same position as their number one guy moving forward, John Wall. And uh, the, there's a lot better opportunity to get those two guys on the court and being productive together. Also on Saturday, President Barack Obama expected for Miami Heat's game at the Washington Wizards. Well, he, he was expected. Um, that was, of course, until the Secret Service abruptly left and uh, Barack Obama never showed. Uh, John Wall was injured. Uh, Gilbert Arenas was traded. So pretty much this game ended up being pretty much a whole lot of nothing. Um, oh, except for the fact that the Heat only won it by one point. Yeah, Matt, that's definitely the more impressive thing out of all that was that they only uh, won by a point. Uh, we do know that they have some issues there, but this is almost a, a, a non-story in, in the fact that, yeah, it's Barack Obama. Yeah, he, he's going to go to a game every once in a while, and I understand the whole try try to be built up with Miami Heat coming into town, but it all fizzled. On Sunday, Bill Cowher's coaching wish list includes Miami Dolphins, New York Giants, and Houston Texans. Well, after the uh, horrible, horrible display of punting for the uh, New York Giants, it, it seems like Tom Coughlin might be at the end of his ropes. So that would actually be a really good hire for them. Uh, Houston or or Miami are, are up-and-coming teams that could use a Bill Cower. And I, it, it's interesting because last year there was a lot of talk about, or even when uh, Cleveland hired Mangini, about how Cower wouldn't come here, wouldn't come here, wouldn't come here. Well, you know, we're still speculating on if Mangini's going to stay in Cleveland. Does his name get thrown into the Cleveland mix if Mangini doesn't stay around next year? Yeah, personally, I just love it when like unemployed coaches start pining after other coaches' jobs while they're still in them. I know that uh, I, I know that uh, Tom Coughlin is is I believe due uh, his contract is up at the end of this year, so there, there's a good chance he won't be back. But seriously, I, I I don't think Gary Kubiak down in Houston needed any more pressure um, on on his uh, on his shoulders uh, the way that this season has played out. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something and and it's it's gonna get me shellacked for sure. But I'm not sure that Tom Cower or I'm not sure that Bill Cower is that great of a coach unless he can get Dick LeBeau as his defensive coordinator again. Also on Sunday, Minnesota Vikings punter Chris Cluey sounds off on stadium. Well, the field was definitely frozen. You hear a lot of talk about the frozen tundra tundra in Green Bay, but they have a heated field, so not really a factor there. But uh, yeah, the, the the ground being frozen is definitely a risk for head injuries. In fact, Brett Favre left the game after he had his head bounced off the ground. 
but my question is, why is the punter complaining? You can't get that bounce, that spring in your step. Well, he would he would be okay with that. You know, the fact that if he gets it within the ten yard line, it's just going to die on him. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, he's got the rock hard ball that he's going to get no matter what the field is like. That's a, that's more of the problem you ask me is the the hardness of the ball when it gets that cold. This this kind of sounds almost like uh, Adam Vianateri when you know you're a special teamer. Do you really need to be tweeting or talking about any of this stuff? No, you just go out there, do your role, hope you get a paycheck, and and you're there next week. On Monday, NFL games dominate ratings on TV. This from NewYorkTimes.com or NYTimes.com. Uh, this is actually not surprising. Uh, I thought it was just for sports in general, and then I read the article, and it was talking about the entire TV spectrum. So, I, again, I'm, I'm not really surprised in that aspect either, because you know when you come to Sunday or Monday night football, what what else is there to do? You know, whether you DVR it and you know, or just go out with friends and go watch it, this is good for the NFL. You know, hopefully they can keep building on this success. Yeah, I don't think uh, if, if you've been listening to the show for a while, I don't think that this is a surprise to any of you because uh, we talked about it back in August when the uh, Bengals played against the Cowboys in the Hall of Fame game right down the street here in Canton, Ohio. Uh, there was also a ESPN game showing the Boston Red Sox against the New York Yankees in a heated late season battle. And not only did the Bengals-Cowboys preseason game beat them in the ratings, They destroyed them in the ratings. I don't think it's a big secret that NFL is king when it comes to television. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to put a different spin on this. And, um, that is looking at how TV ratings and Nielsen ratings and all these things come out. They, you get a higher score when you're watched live versus time shifted. In other words, if people are using TiVo and those sort of things for their regular TV shows, even if they're on opposite NFL games, they don't get counted because the NFL game, I I personally think the reason the NFL is dominating TV right now is because TV is a dying medium. People are watching Netflix. People are, um, the only thing you really need to watch in real time anymore is sports, and the only sport that's interesting enough to watch in real time anymore is NFL football, in my opinion. So it's not you know, surprising to me, the NFL is dominating TV ratings. No, not at all. Also on Monday, New York Jets star sued for attacking fan with a snowball from TMZ.com. Yeah, don't get me wrong. This is this is a frivolous lawsuit. Uh, It's an incident that happened, uh, I believe, over two years ago. But uh, if you've seen the video, we can't. Tell us who this was again. This is Sean Ellis from the New York Jets. Uh, he he uh, was a little frustrated after being pelted. Uh, him and his teammates were pelted by snowballs from some of the fans in Seattle, and he proceeded to take a chunk of snow off of the ground. It it couldn't have been just snow because snow wouldn't hold that form. It was snow and ice, and and he launched it at a fan, and the fan proceeded to you know pick it up and. Heisman pose with it and stuff like that. This is this is probably just some guy that lost his job and he said, "Oh yeah, I had that incident two years ago. Let's see if I can cash in on that." Yeah, I, this is unfortunate. This is this is one of the flaws of the American system is that you have people suing over ridiculous things. Uh, you have to check out the video because this dude is ridiculous. You know, saying that, oh yes, I have some sort of major damage. Well, you're you're sitting there toting a piece of ice as as a Heisman football or as a football in general. I really doubt there was any harm done. 
Well, I just say if you go to a football game and you interact with the players on the field, you throw stuff, you've now become part of the action that's going on in the field, even though they're leaving the field. Yeah, come on. To be fair, though, I don't think the video ever showed this particular gentleman throwing any snowballs. I think he got Ron Artested in this case. Ron Artested? Oh, yeah. The, 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 the athlete gets the wrong guy. Well, and that's that may be true, but also, I don't know, can't you see a, a two-by-two-foot big slab of snow <laughs> flying your way? I mean, it didn't even look like the dude moved. No, it was, it was actually pretty good. And rounding the week off on Tuesday, Cincinnati Bengals not expected to re-sign Terrell Owens. Um, this is not a bad idea, just the fact that Ocosinko and Terrell Owens really didn't do anything other than comedy while, while playing together. Um, and Cincinnati's offense, other than Cedric Benson uh, being a solid force there, has done nothing through the air. Yeah, I think this is just a situation where the Bengals have learned something that a lot of other teams already know, and that's when you get T.O., you, you have a little fun for a while there, but ultimately the hangover is way worse than the, uh, than the uh, benefit was. And, and his comments over the past couple of weeks about ownership and coaching, it's just, it's just been too much for the Bengals. Um, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, T.O.'s 37 years old, and uh, he went out with he went out on injured reserve, only 17 yards shy of a thousand yard season. So he's still got some stuff left in the tank. It's just that uh, you know his his headaches are just just too much. He'll he'll play for somebody next year, maybe a Raiders team or somebody else willing to take a flyer on him. And also on Tuesday, Chip Kelly of Oregon Ducks named AP Coach of the Year. Kind of a tough year to be uh, running in the running for the coach of the year with uh, Chip Kelly, Gene Chisick, and uh, Jim Harbaugh, of course, on the front of the list. It's uh, it's hard to argue with the selection, though. Um, if if you looked at Gene Chisick, you could easily point his success this year to a player named Cam Newton. You may have heard of him. If if you look at Jim Harbaugh, you could easily point his success to a player named Andrew Luck. You may have heard of him. But uh, if you look at what Oregon's done this year, it's really hard to look past the coaching job that Chip Kelly has done. He's got an offense out there that is just, it's a system that's uh, practically unstoppable. Well, I'll mention uh, LaMichael James. Uh, yeah, he was in the highly touted, but he, you know, he's a dominating force out there, especially in their offense. Uh, so I, I don't know if you can use that as an argument that they don't have a, a star player, maybe not a, a big of a name, but uh, he was there in the, in the Heisman finalist uh, in, in New York. But uh, you're right, it could have gone to any of those guys. The only thing I would say about LaMichael James is that he did, believe, I believe, miss two games this year and his backup stepped in and performed almost equal par with him. And that's been this week in sports. We're now going to go on to our To The Point section. This section is where we have an open format chat that hit the main points in sports from this past week and allow for some more flexibility and opinions. So what's going on this past week in sports? You know what, before, before, we, get, before we get started this, I want to take a moment to voice... My disappointment in the sports sports on point listener base. About uh, what three months ago, we threw down the gauntlet. Uh, we 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 started up the sports on point fantasy football league. We had uh, we had ten teams sign up, and the lofty prize at the end of the season was a guest spot co-hosting our show. Right. Well, we're down to the championship week this week, as you guys 
should know. Yes, who are the lucky two that are vying for a spot and a chance to co-host Sports on Point? Well, that would be the We Are Sex bob managed by the phenom That's Bob me. Williams. That's me. Oh. Go, go me. And the, and the Irresistible Maple Bars, of course, managed by yours truly. So... <laughs> Wait, that would be you? That would be me. So Okay, so so our hosts this week are either going to be Matt and Bob or Bob and Matt. Either way. It's going to be it's going to be one of the two. Yeah. I tell you what, if he wins though, we'll let him take the lead though. Let him welcome the show and do that kind of stuff. Hey, that that works for me. That works for me. That's fair. That's fair. It'll be it'll be interesting. But the, but that also means if how about we make make some make it interesting somehow. Like you got to come into the studio. Oh, <laughs> so you well, actually you lose. <laughs> I, I might want to lose on purpose then. Uh, but no, I know Tuesday I work five to ten, so just throwing that out there. It might be better on a Wednesday again. He's gonna bench yeah, if I do win. Players. <laughs> yeah, it's throwing the game. Black. He's black socks in it. <laughs> All right, under the under the real sports news. Uh, of course, we had a big week down in. The happiest place on earth, Orlando, Florida. I thought the happiest place on earth was Vegas. No. It starts off happy, ends very depressed. Ah. Yes, it's a mood the mood swingiest place on earth so, is Vegas. <laughs> so overall, the most aggregately happy place on earth is Orlando. Yes, and I couldn't tell you how happy the place was when I was down there and there was an office shooting and a guy escaped on foot and everybody was out in SWAT gear. It was great. There were still people at Disney that day, so they were undoubtedly, happy. undoubtedly. <laughs> but uh, they are they are definitely happy to be getting rid of the third highest player in the NBA's contract, Richard Lewis. But they got back Gilbert Arenas. Does this make them any better, Bob? Well, I, I think it gives you a little bit more dynamic of a player if. Gil goes back to being Gil, which we don't know if he can be. Uh, this definitely puts him in a situation where he has the ability to become the, the major ball handler, uh, major playmaker out in the wings. Jameer Nelson, Nelson is solid, more of a distributor. Um, and, and even even Gilbert, if, if he can work with everyone within the system, you know, you do have Jason Richardson and, and Hidu Turkulu that could all bring it together. I, I, it could be. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm interested to see how this plays out. It's easy it's easy to forget that it wasn't more than what four or five years ago when Gilbert Arenas was one of the five best players in the NBA. I think we've all forgotten about that, and we remember quite easily the you know stupid gun incident, and maybe the um, if if you're familiar with the uh, pooping in teammates' shoes. Incident. Uh, I never heard that one. Oh, he yeah. pooped in his teammate's shoes. He pooped in one of his teammate's shoes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which 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 brings <laughs> which brings up a lot of questions about how he how he went about it. Uh, does he hold it there while he goes, or or does he handle it and put? I, it it's irrelevant. <laughs> I think he. I think you just have a line of shoes, and you're kind of over the toilet anyway, and then you're just passing them under. Maybe, but maybe I tell you what, you got to take a lot of crap. How many teammates? No, it was just one. one. It was just oh, one, one teammate. A pair or just one shoe? I think it was just one shoe. Ah, uh, well, yeah. that's not impressive then. Yeah. Well, I was thinking he was having like a wagon train of crap. No, 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 no. No wagon trains of crap. 
That's going to be our episode title. For no this wagon week. trains the of crack. Wagon train oh, of crack. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. But, you know, obviously that's the, that's the two big headliners that moved. But I think, um, I think quite possibly uh, one of the bigger things is, is Turkaloo coming back home. He's, uh, he's had nothing but trouble everywhere he's gone since he left Orlando. So I got to think if you're he do, you are pretty psyched about going back to Orlando. Yeah, I would be because uh, he, he's technically on the contract he wanted, and Otis Smith said he wasn't going to pay him that. But I guess I guess that didn't last too long. He's paying it now. Yeah, but we'll see if he can actually snap out of this little funk that he was in last year up in Toronto and to start the season off in in uh, Phoenix. Yeah, he did really well when he was with in Orlando last time, but he also had the matchup problem with Rashard Lewis there. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that. That um, whole just idea of him being a little bit different of a, of a person than or personnel in the the staff or in the team that uh, see if he can re- recapture that magic. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of problems that uh, there's a pro- couple of problems that uh, exist in this lineup that didn't exist before. You mentioned it before. Richard Lewis was a matchup problem. Turkoglu was a matchup problem. You had to take. Your, if you were lucky, you had one really good long perimeter defender that you could use to isolate and, and uh, essentially remove one of those two guys from the game. But you couldn't do both. And now they don't have that. They don't have the second long perimeter shooter um, that, that's in that offensive set. So you, you, you can now take your long perimeter defender and you can put him on Turkoglu. So it's, it's definitely something that's going to hurt him a little bit. That combined with the fact that Turkoglu in that system always was at his best when he was the primary distributor of the ball. And you've just brought in a guy in Gilbert Arenas who is going to dominate the ball in time of possession when he is on the court. So I don't know that, uh, I don't know that Turkoglu is walking into the same situation that he walked, that he walked out of uh, three years ago or however long ago it was. No, I agree with that. And it's funny cause I'm actually up on ESPN right now looking at uh, their projected starters tomorrow night against uh, San Antonio. Uh, Gilbert Arenas is not there. It's Nelson Richardson, Turkaloo, Bass and Howard, not a bad starting lineup. I like the fact that they're not putting Gilbert with Hedu, and and uh, hopefully you don't see that too much because like you were saying, they're both primary ball handers handlers and, uh, Hedu can actually relieve some of the pressure off of Jameer Nelson, uh, in that starting lineup. I actually kind of like the combo of Bass and, and Howard in the post. Um, when you, when you've got those two guys down low, I think that they're creating a whole nother set of matchup problems, which is, which is kind of, which is kind of cool if, uh, if you look at it that way. But uh, one of the things that you were missing when you were losing Richard Lewis, of course, was his outside shooting ability, but uh, no problem there. Jason Richardson shooting a better percentage on the year so far this year. Anyways, so, hey, guys, hit us up in the comments. Get us a, uh, give us a buzz at, I, I can never remember this phone number, 646-39-POINT. That's right, 646-39-POINT. Let we us know it. what you think. Is the projection, overall projection for Orlando, is it, is it better? Is it worse than it was before? How about the Washington or how about the uh, Wizards or the Phoenix Suns? Who, who ends up in the best scenario after this trade? We need a little bit of a jingle maybe. Call 646-39.64639-B-O-I-N-T. Okay, I don't know. That was fun. Awesome. 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 So, um, 
in in other catastrophes um, around the around the sports world. Um, Catastrophe is the word that you get when I sing. That's just, the word that comes to mind. <laughs> maybe it just maybe it just wasn't your song, Bob. I don't. All I don't right, know. we'll we'll try a different style next week. <laughs> That was kind of '60s hazy drug-induced rock or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that you have your uh, your bong smoke required for uh, for that type of singing. So maybe, uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll throw some smooth jazz at you next week. I'll be happy to do that show prep. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, other catastrophes around the sports world. Um, there has been a whole lot of news circulating around about. Ticket sales in regards to the bowl games and even some of the major bowl games, uh, UConn um, has been allotted 17,500 tickets by the Fiesta Bowl that they are responsible for uh, not only distributing but paying for if they can't distribute them. And uh, it's to the tune of a seven-figure loss unless they manage to perk up the sales of uh, a measly 4,500 that they've managed to sell so far. A lot of other teams in similar situations. If if these teams are posting significant losses, doesn't that scream for Mark Cuban to come and save the day? Maybe it does, but all we refer to BCS and the bull system is how all these teams make money. Well, we're we're getting you know the complete exact opposite uh, information being put out there right now. Uh, like you were saying, the UConn point. Okay, yeah, UConn is going to a BCS game, but if you're a UConn fan, okay, I'm an eight and four team. Do you think you? I, I'm not gonna say do you think you have a shot, but are, are you gonna pay all that money for the possibility of not being a, in a competitive game? And and I think that might also be some of the issues there in that specific game. Sure, and and like I said, the list the list goes on and on. Uh, Stanford has sold less than half of its 17,500 tickets, so they're not in good shape. But then again, um, they would probably be in much better shape if the BCS hadn't forced the Rose Bowl to pick TCU. I, I, I don't see ticket sales being a problem if Stanford fans only have to drive a couple hours south to get down to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, but I think this also actually brings up the point of uh, when, when we're talking about playoffs is the fact playoffs. that... Yeah, I know. It's a key word today. Ah, um, <laughs> playoffs in, in themselves. What is this? What is this? Pee Wee's Playhouse? <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> but uh, the biggest uh, biggest thing against a playoff is is just the the, the price you know of, of all these people having to travel around the, the country to watch their games. Yeah, you can do it in the NFL. It's a little bit different. But and I, I could see that possibly being an issue if you do go in the um, route of, of a playoff. <laughs> you know, how many te- people are going to be able to afford to travel two or three games? Yeah, I've, I've heard the whole difference. Oh, well, the higher seed can host. Well, what happens if you're not the higher seed? You know, you still have to go and do all that traveling. So... This is just interesting to, to hear this as a proponent sort of for the, the playoff, but it, it's also kind of like, well, the playoff. <laughs> How are they going to fix this problem itself? 
Sure. I think uh, I think when you talk about you know how they how they sell the tickets in that particular case, I think you got to look at what uh, what Ohio State has actually done this year because they are not restricting their ticket sales to only their students and alumni like they did in the past. And uh, there's going to be uh, uh, there's going to be a fair amount of Ohio State tickets that are going to be sold to Arkansas fans just because regionally it's easier for them to get to the game. I think uh, I think when you have a scenario where there's a home team and an away team, sure one team might have to travel a long way, but another team is staying home, and if that first team can't sell all their tickets, there's going to be people clamoring for those. So uh, you know, it, I, obviously the home game doesn't necessarily work all the time because I don't think if you're, uh, well, I don't know, the University of Minnesota, I don't know that you want to play a outdoor game at TCF Field. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, not that we really have to worry too much about Minnesota making a first-round home game in a in a potential bowl uh, scenario, but you know there there's other teams that play far enough north, uh, you know Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, that uh, you know if they were in that type of scenario that you you don't necessarily want to play that game out in that weather, but um, you know uh, Ohio State could just as easily go over to Indiana and play in Indianapolis, and they'd have plenty of fans following them there. Uh, Notre Dame, same thing. Uh, you know, the, the Michigan Wolverines could play a home game in, in the Ford, in Ford field. I mean, it's, it's not like there aren't venues where you can get away from the weather that are pretty regional to just about every team. Okay. I, I, I like where you're going with that, but then it comes to the teams that, well, yeah. W- w- what if you do say, Hey, look, Ohio state plays in Indiana. You're always going to have, yeah, they might be able to, to, to sell out, but I, I think this is an opportunity for both fan bases to have that option. Uh, say, say they are playing, a, say, a Stanford, uh, who, you know, who is traveling across the, the country this year. You know, it, Indianapolis is, is a little bit closer, but they'd still have that problems with troubling, you know, traveling. So, yeah, it would be a, a pro-Ohio State team, but what if it's a smaller school? You know, what if you are having two smaller schools? Say it's say it's a UConn and a Stanford. You know, say say it is. We'll throw it in the the Meadowlands. Uh, okay, UConn might travel a little bit better to that, but I think there would still be some issues playing in in some of those other stadiums if if they're both smaller teams. Well, that's why I say we take away the Big East's automatic bowl bid so that we don't have to worry about UConn because they won't be in the top eight in the BCS at the end of the season anyways. But anyways, you know, uh, uh, we made a post on the Facebook page about uh, taking away the Big East's bid, and and somebody brought up a good point. They have been promised a bid through the 2013 season, so they will continue to get it. And no matter how much we complain about it and pitch a fit, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I guess the, the big problem that I just have with the current scenario is it's like you mentioned, there's a lot of talk about all the money that's involved in these bowl games. And the reason that there's a lot of money talked about is because we always talk about the bowl alliances and the bowl uh, boards and committees and everything that, that have all this money and they disperse it to the conferences involved and whatnot. But the way that they're able to obtain that money, to it, it, it seems to me, is they basically shovel off the financial liability to these games that are not profitable to the universities that are participating in them. And they, and they force them to buy a minimum number of tickets. There's, there's hotel room packages that they're selling at inflated prices. And uh, what ends up happening is students, uh, 
and dare I say it, taxpayers in the cases of state-funded schools, uh, like like UConn, for example, the people of the state of Connecticut are paying seven-figure losses for UConn to play in the Fiesta Bowl. There's a problem here. And maybe playoff isn't going to fix it completely, but something's got to. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, you're definitely right there. It, it needs to be fixed. And I do like the whole idea of Ohio State opening up the tickets for general public sales. I think that's a cool way to do it, to get a lot of the extra um, seats filled and, and not lose money out on on the uh, the game. That's for the BCS people, not really the uh, – universities themselves but there's you know there's a lot of regional games like say you're down in arizona well yeah the fiesta bowl this year might not be that great but i'm a fan of football so if i can get some tickets at at a decent price why not go you know it's it's still a bowl game well the folks over in the nfl are certainly not having any problem getting their tickets sold for their postseason games Um, the problem that we have at this point is the fact that we just really don't know who it is that's going to be playing in those postseason games Uh, four teams have clinched the playoffs so far. The Patriots, the Steelers, the Falcons, and the Bears. The Bears, of which, of course, are the only one of which who have clinched their division. The Patriots still uh, still have to fend off the Jets. The Steelers still have to fend off the Ravens. And the Falcons still have to fend off the Saints. But uh, I think if you're an NFL fan this season, you have got to be excited about the fact that there's about 19 teams at this point in the season that still have a shot at the playoffs. Especially when you think about the 49ers who are 5-9 and nine and still have a chance to win. Yeah. Thank goodness it's not a good chance, but it's a chance nonetheless. Hey, you know, the fact that they're changing the quarterback back to Troy Smith, who actually beat the remaining two teams that they have uh, on their, on their uh, roster, maybe with a healthy uh, running back out there. Al, uh, not Al Gore, <laughs> uh, Frank Gore out there. They, they they do have a little bit a legitimate shot, and you also have the um, AFC South, who who uh, with both Jacksonville and Indianapolis right there. Uh, you still have a lot of very interesting things that can play out in the the final few weeks. So um, hopefully, you know some things go down right. Certain teams get in, and and we can all you know look forward to one of the best products out there with the NFL playoffs. Yeah, to me, the most exciting ones coming up have got to be the Steelers, of course, who are tied um, with the Baltimore Ravens for the division lead. They've got the Panthers and the Browns coming up. Obviously, games that they should win, but uh, let's face it, the Browns over the past couple of years have played them a lot better on any given matchup than uh, than could be expected. So don't be uh, don't be surprised if something happens there. Baltimore, of course, are playing the Browns and the Bengals, so it's not like their road is any tougher. So be kind of interested to see if either one of those two teams drops either one of those two games then uh, they, they've pretty much fallen out of it. But uh, that, that could be fun to watch for the remainder of the season. Of course, the Colts and the Jaguars being tied at the top of the division there. Uh, both, I believe, have the Raiders and Titans left on their schedule. So um, any one of those guys. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Redskins and Texans for the Jaguars. But uh, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm a, I'm a uh, Chargers fan myself, and I'm really intrigued by the possibility that the Chargers could find their way back into the playoffs if they manage to beat, of course, the Bengals and Broncos in their combined six wins this year um, and the Kansas City Chiefs 
would have to drop one to either the Titans or the Raiders. So uh, a lot of a lot of division races, especially in the AFC, that are kind of still up in the air. Um, the NFC, the only the only division race that really's got me kind of uh, kind of interested is the NFC East. Of course, the Giants a game back of the Eagles after that thrilling comeback. Did uh, I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch that, but 28 points in seven minutes. Absolutely incredible. Michael Vick has been an absolute anomaly this season. It's been awesome, especially when he's your fantasy quarterback. Yeah, thanks for rubbing that in. You're welcome. You know, that's what I'm here for. I drafted Kevin Cobb, so I'm just glad I ended up with some Eagles quarterback that scored me some points this season. Oh, really? That's who I have to go up against? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And playing against the Vikings this week, nonetheless, so... Is it outside? Hopefully it's outside. Hopefully. Uh, you know, I don't know that. I don't uh, I don't know. Is that uh, – I don't know if that game's in Philly or – Philadelphia. Yeah, I think it's in Philly. So, yeah, I don't know. Philly, Philly should look pretty good in that one. Um, the Giants, of course, uh, playing against the Packers and the Redskins. So they got a little bit of a tougher road because they've got to go into Green Bay and win to uh, to keep their hopes alive. And, of course, Green Bay sitting on the outside looking in at the moment. Um, they need some things to fall their way in order to even make it in as a wild card spot. Um, so the Giants and the Packers, huge playoff indica- implications this Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out, out of all of this, this is, again, I, I, I love – the NFL system, how they have it set up, where you have your four division winners, you have two wild cards, you have the opportunity of any of these teams really uh, possibly winning, and, and it's always going down to to the last week. I know, I know, people are big in, in the uh, whole NCAA, how you have to, win, you know, every every game is important, every game is important, but you can't tell me that every game in the NFL is not important because they are. You know, you have a slip up, say, like Cleveland this week. That they they technically got eliminated from the playoffs by losing to a a two and ten team. Okay, yeah, you know, the, the the next thing could next week it could happen to, at you know, one of these other teams. It, you know, like you were talking earlier, even the the Pittsburgh Baltimore. Yeah, they they both play like the Bengals and the Browns, but you know, it, it's a rival rivalry game. It's a divisional game you'll have those those slip ups and and you have to be on on your best to actually go in and week in and week out and, and make the playoffs in the NFL. There really aren't too many fluke teams that that get in. The one thing I thought was really interesting looking at the rankings this week, there are only 3 teams that are undefeated within division play. The Atlanta Falcons are 4-0 in the NFC South. The Chicago Bears 5-0 and in the NFC North. And the other team that's undefeated in their division, the Oakland Raiders, who are 5-0 and in the AFC West and 7-7 and overall. <laughs> Those divisions <laughs> no, out that. West that's are that's terrible. Awesome. Yeah. They're going well, go, to go undefeated <laughs> in their division and miss the playoffs. How does that happen? Yeah, no, that's crazy. That's crazy because when you think about it, Kansas City could technically lose their division, like have a losing record in their division, and and sneak in. Same same with the Rams or anybody out in the, the West. The West is just a mess this year. Absolutely. the 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 Chiefs will have a losing, uh, could have a losing record in division and win the division. 
Un- unbelievable. But uh, you know, if you if you wanted to ask anybody who who doesn't think that every week in the NFL counts, um, I'd I'd say the uh, the San Diego Chargers would probably be the team you would want to avoid asking that, considering they don't usually bother to show up until the middle of October. And uh, if they make it into the playoffs this year, this will be the you know, fourth time they've started off a season absolutely terrible and end up in the playoffs. But not everybody can rely on that. They've just kind of been lucky over the last couple of years, and they're still not uh, they're still not a shoe in for this year. They've got to rely on another team losing, which that's never a position you want to be in as a team. You never want to have to rely on something happening with another team. You want it to be your doing that gets you into the playoffs and. Uh, uh, a whole lot of fun stuff coming up this week with all the possible playoff scenarios that uh, could possibly unfold. And you know what I think the best thing about this is, Matt, is is the fact that uh, we might never have to hear Brett Favre's name uttered again in the playoff picture. You know, it, it it's the fact that we're starting to, to realize that there's football outside of just Brett Favre. So I, because <laughs> then you know, honestly, we've talked about it all year. It seems like a week to week basis, his name pops up, and this is good for football when his name is not really thrown out there at this time of the year, especially with all the controversy and all the stuff that he's gone through this year. I won't say that he put a black eye on the NFL this year, but he's definitely a distraction. Sure, and and can you imagine any other quarterback in the NFL having the season that Brett Favre is having and still getting this type of attention? Maybe Tom Brady. Maybe, or or, or I guess possibly Peyton Manning. Yeah, you know, there it's no, not. I, I don't. It's not I don't think Peyton. Of, see, but. see, the reason why I don't say Peyton is Peyton. Peyton just doesn't seem to be that personality type. Like I, I could see Brady kind of buying into it and, and kind of letting it go to his head a little bit not really but but more so than Peyton Peyton's just a little bit too level-headed it seems to to to, to have that happen except lately in the fourth quarter of games that level-headedness has, has kind of been going out the door but uh can't win them all I guess um on that note uh I think uh, I think we've I think we've had a long enough show we're uh we're coming at you with only one episode this week so hope you uh download and listen and everyone out there has a very merry christmas or whatever the holiday christmas hana kwanzaa no we only care about people that that celebrate christmas oh i just want to say christmas hana kwanzaa i'm just i'm just joking i just i don't like saying happy holidays and making up words like christmas hana (laughs) kwanzaa Chris Mahana. Oh, I thought you were saying like a Bengals player, like TJ Hushmanzada or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Happy holidays, everybody. Um, regardless of your faith, regardless of what you celebrate, it's an awesome time of the year. Um, go spread some love and good cheer to your fellow man in wagon train poops in their shoes. <laughs> if you don't like them. Of course, Bob. Of course. <laughs> Just won't let it go. And on that note, we'll see you later. This has been Sports on Point. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please send your suggestions on how we can improve the show and comments to feedback at sportsonpoint.com. You can also call the show at 646-39-POINT. That's 646-397-6468. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, hopefully next year we'll have a better uh, a better performance from our listener group in the Fantasy Football League. Mr. Uh, Mr. Bob Williams, Mr. Phenom, you're going down. <laughs>